Hey guys, my name is Adam McRoberts, and I'm your host for the Do Big Things podcast, where we want you to do big things. I am the co-founder of Big Things Crewing, and we offer coaching programs, crewing and pacing for ultra marathons. Um, we offer all kinds of stuff. So give me a shout. I'd love to hear from you guys, whether it's about the podcast or anything else. I know ultra marathons are kind of on hold for a little while. There's not a whole lot of them going on this summer. Hopefully they'll resume sometime soon. I hope you guys are out doing big things on your own. Um, I got a great guest for you guys today. He is a monster in the mountains as well of a as well as a sweetheart of a man. He's a really humble guy. Um, he's a seven-time Hard Rock 100 finisher. He's a Nolan's 14 finisher. Uh, he is a mountain climber. He's an alpine skier. He's a mountain biker. He just loves the mountains and pretty much does it all. And his name is Julian Smith. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Most of today's conversation revolves around Nolan's 14. And just in case you guys have never heard of it or you don't know what it is, let me put it into context for you. It's a 100-mile point-to-point adventure that covers 14 14,000-foot peaks. You can take any route you want as long as you start. There's a start point and a finish point. You can go north to south, south to north. But you have to cover, you have to summit all 14 of those 14,000 foot peaks. And in order to get it done in under 60 hours to make it quote unquote count, um, you have to traverse some really gnarly terrain. Um, I mean, you're going up avalanche chutes and going down scree gullies that, you know, are very dangerous. But that's what most of our conversation revolves around today. Um, yeah, so I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation and give me a shout. Would love to hear from you guys. Hey, Adam. Hey, Julian. How are you, man? Just fine. Good, fi- good finally to talk to you. Oh, I know. So that works going through messages. Uh, yeah, texting the, the number directly, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, because, boy, it was just going into Messenger, and, and really, I don't know if it's an iPhone thing or okay. who knows, but uh, it was not playing nice. I, I apologize. No, I apologize as well. I'm glad I got through to you. Yeah. Yeah, how you been, man? Oh, doing great. I mean, uh, you know, considering everything that's uh, going on in this uh, these strange times, you know. <laughs> No kidding. Um, believe it or not, things have been pretty normal. Uh, I'm working full time, and my wife's been working full time. And oh, good. You know, the of course my my son's wife she she got laid off, but she starts back to work this Sunday. Okay. So, what does so, she do? Uh, she works at a um, it's like a, a, a some kind of waxing salon. She's just she works as the like the the manager. She's not, she didn't do the waxing. That'd be gross. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Can you imagine having that job? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, not at all. You. No, thank you. <laughs> no. Well, that's good, man. I'm yeah. working from home most days. 
Uh, no, I've actually been going into an, to an office. It's just a very small office, and there's only been like three or four of us there working. So okay. it Good. just really didn't, you know, because of the the infrastructure of what I work with and, and everything, it just seemed to be easier to do it there from the office. So most of the people, I, I work from a remote or a satellite office, and everybody up in Denver, you know, scrammed from the main office and, and, and went and worked from home. So, okay. you know. okay. but how, how you been doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Surviving the pandemic pretty much yeah. the same year, man. Uh, not a whole lot has changed for me personally. Um, my, my partner, my girl, uh, she uh, owns her own hair salon. So she's been off work for, you know, about six weeks or so, but. Other than that, uh, things are pretty standard for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you think of all this? I I do not know what to think. I mean, you know, I think we're, I think a little bit of time is going to need to 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 pass before we really understand if how we reacted was a good idea or not. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I do. You know, it's boy, that's tough to say. But, uh, yeah. but it's, you know, apparently now, uh, you know, I read an article the other day that I, I think they said somewhere either in Colorado, I think it, it maybe, maybe it was the state of Colorado that the, the main cause of death in the state is, uh, heart attacks. And then the mm. second leading cause of death, I think they said was heart disease you know, chronic heart disease. And I think they said mm-hmm. that, that finally coronavirus had surpassed those two. Okay. Yep. So maybe, maybe it is worth taking seriously, you know, I yeah, don't know. Definitely. I mean, they didn't talk about, you know, you know, deaths from, you know, guns and opioids and other stuff, but I, I guess it is a big deal. I don't I, honestly, yeah. what, what do you think? What do you think? I don't know, man. Um, you know, I, I wonder if this thing was man-made or if it really did come from Wuhan. Um, you oh, know, I, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard to say. I, I'm yeah. sort of a, I wouldn't say I'm really a conspiracy theorist, but I listen to, to all the different theories out there and I just kind of try and piece, uh, piece together uh, my own ideas, I guess. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just kind of questioning everything. It just seems a little fishy to me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what do I know? I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, plagues and pestilence are not new to the world. That's true. Yeah. You know, it's been a long time since we've had anything like this. So, yeah. And, and, you know, and, it, and one thing that because of, you know, how much better our, our lifestyles are in general now and how much better our health care is, you know, maybe it's not as bad as some of the past epidemics yeah. and plagues, you know, but, 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 but would still be just as serious. I don't, I don't know. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you and Lisa and your son and everybody's healthy though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm a, I'm a grandfather now. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 I got a, a little grandson that'll be three here coming up in August. So he's, oh, wow. he's just a bundle of joy, man. We love hanging out with him. Oh, are they in the Springs? Oh, yes. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. My son, uh, you know, we hang out and uh, we've been doing a lot of mountain biking together, especially lately because nothing else is open and there's nothing else to go do. Yeah. So, you know, we've been, you know, 
matter of fact, we went out after work and went mountain biking this evening. So. <laughs> I've been doing a bunch of mountain biking myself. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I have a little uh, little 29er and been tooling around all the trails out here in Boulder and just kind of having a blast. Oh, yeah. Is it, what is it, a uh, full suspension or a hardtail? Or... Hardtail. Hardtail, um, okay. Yeah. And it's just a single speed, so I just feel like I'm like a kid on a dirt bike. But wow. I have a blast. Wow. Yeah, I, I go up and down Flagstaff Mountain and hit all the trails around here, like Dowdy Draw, Marshall Mesa, all those, and just been having a blast. Nice. Yeah, I'm kind of rocking uh, more of an enduro rig, you know, with about a, you know, 150 millimeters of travel. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Which, you know, so I just, I, I, that's so much fun. You know, you just kill yourself trying to get uphill and then you get to have some fun. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's what it's all about. Uh-huh. Is there good mountain biking down in Colorado Springs? It's like heaven down here. Really? Oh, gosh, dude. There's, there's so many trails. You know, the only thing that really shuts it down is uh, if it gets too muddy, you know. Yeah, for and we, sure. And we went through a spell. They they don't close the trails. It's not like Boulder. They you know are up in you know Jefferson County or whatever. They don't come through and close the trails. You can be an idiot. And you can go out and do whatever you want, you know. But it yep. it's just you know, I, I I tried some of that one winter because I really 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 wanted to ride, and then I quickly realized that no, it's just stupid. <laughs> yes, yeah, with all the mud and whatnot. Mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah so yeah slow you down but you know fortunately pueblo is not too far away and lake pueblo state park is a good place to go mm, okay and, you know that's usually open so as long as they're dry and uh yeah you know, so cool, man so yeah we just have um, gosh we have so many miles of trails down here yeah well colorado's good for that that's for it sure. is it is absolutely <laughs> just go forever uh-huh uh-huh so um how's hard rock looking this year they haven't officially canceled yet have they they have not officially canceled yet no i do not know they have sent out some very vague emails saying that that could be a possibility but that they're just waiting until further notice okay Hmm. so kind of like leadville too it's just kind of up in the air at this point yeah, it's just kind of hard to imagine that this is going to go on till that late into the summer. But yeah, well, <clears throat> Hard Rock was canceled last year too, right? It was canceled due to uh, too much snow and too much avalanche damage. That was probably more of a significant factor. Was that there okay. was just some things that were just not open due to the amount of snow that was there, and and also just some places like I think. Uh, I want to say it was Grouse Gulch or Cunningham. I was just wiped out, you know, from avalanche debris. Mm, yep. So, okay. So, you were signed up last year. Actually, I what? Which so, this year, right? Excuse me? You were signed up last year and that sort of rolled over to this year? Yes, that, 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 that is correct. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So are you currently training for it, anticipating it happening at this point, or where are you at? Ah, man, I hate you were going to ask me about that. I if <laughs> if they send out an email saying that the race is going to be held, I'm gonna I'm gonna notify Dale and withdraw from the race. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I you know just running's not been you know especially after all the Nolan stuff, there uh-huh. were some 
just things that just became more and more unpleasant, you know, with trying to do a whole bunch of endurance running up in the mountains and, okay. uh, you know, some of the breathing stuff. And then, uh, you know, I've also kind of gotten some, some just pain, you know, some, like some pelvic floor pain or something, you know, and, okay. uh, some, some other stuff. And so it's just not as fun to run. And then I kind of got into mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No. The transfer of addictions there. I mean, technically, I probably could pull it off. I kind of pulled yeah. it out of my butt last time I did it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like I've been, you know, like actually I went on three good hard rides in the last 24 hours. So <laughs> it's not like I've been slouching. So. Sure. Yeah. So, but I've not been up in the mountains and training at altitude, although there's still plenty of time, you know, it's just, I don't know, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that my motivation is there really, you know, having done it seven times and it just not the running thing is just not that agreeable right now physically that I don't know, you know, and there's some, there's some other folks that are in the veteran pool that, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't mind the opportunity. So. Oh, I'm sure they'd love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, huh. but it's well, it's interesting. I have so many good memories of uh, Hard Rock and uh, the 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 family there, you know, and 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 especially the way it tied back into what we were doing, you know, as well. So yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm seven times. Uh, that's pretty fortunate. Oh, um, even if even if you never did it again, I mean, seven times is a pretty pretty good run julian yeah yeah <laughs> pretty lucky and then it you know only got really knocked about by a storm you know like only one or one or two times even though we had we had significant weather just about every time so yeah yeah so wow. but yeah the the last time in particular the weather was just oh the second the second evening <laughs> was interesting yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was where the weather got so bad. I don't know if you know Dima, uh, Fine House. I thought. Um, no, I don't think I do. Oh, okay. He 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 was one of the two people that got disqualified, and so okay. he got turned around in a thunderstorm coming down off of uh, Green Mountain, and uh, okay. so they said he got off route, even though he came into the aid station. He clearly came in from the wrong direction, and so they disqualified him. but he's he is such a a stout-hearted individual he went on ahead and finished the race anyway oh really yeah wow you know even though i said hey you know you're disqualified he's like that's all right i'm gonna go on ahead yeah good on him that's tough finish it up anyway that's what it's all about Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so so yeah man um take us back like i i've heard bits and pieces of your story but um and I think that you got into climbing before you really got into running, but, um, you were originally in the military, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I graduated from high school in 1984, um, in North Carolina. And I, for some reason decided I wanted to go join the army right out of high school. And so I think, uh, you know, either a week or two weeks out of high school, I went and joined the army and went to basic training and, um, uh, I'll tell you what, I grew up a whole lot while I was there. Uh, they helped me out a lot with that. Um, and so, you know, I was a reservist. Um, I, I didn't go active duty full time. But after I got done with my initial training, uh, you know, they trained me as a pharmacy technician. 
and uh, which I, I, I really didn't like that. And I, I didn't end up pursuing that as a career at all. And uh, although I worked in a hospital for a short period of time and subsequently started working in uh, temperature controls. And uh, also, as I started to gain a little bit of rank, I mean, you know, we're talking going from like a specialist, <laughs> something like that, a very low rank in the enlisted ranks in the military. They sent me to something called a uh, uh, primary leadership development school or something like that back in those days. And, and somebody told me about a, a special forces unit that was close by. And so I was able to, to you know, subsequently I, I went and, and did a lateral transfer into the Green Berets and uh, was, mm -hmm. was, was, you know, that was at that time for me, way, way, way over my head. I did not think that I was, you know, I was like, these are supermen going and, and doing this stuff. You know, I, I, you know, sure. I, I was, if, when I joined the military right out of high school, if you had put a picture in the dictionary of who's least likely to succeed, my, my face would have been right there beside it. I can try and tell you, you know, sure. So, you know, it's a big stretch, um, but for some reason uh, that was, you know, where my path led. And uh, I found out, you know, that um, a lot of it was more about heart, you know, and the effort you're willing to put into things. Um, can lead you to accomplish a lot more than, than what you think you can, you know, mm. I'm, Oh boy, I'm stealing from Leadville right there. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Yes. Yes. You can do more than you think you can or better than yes. you think you are. There's a lot of yeah. truth to that. And, uh, you know, when I first got in way, way over my head in joining the green berets in the military, that was a lesson that uh, I, I learned, you know, and, and took to heart and fortunately was able to get through it. And, uh, you know, so that uh, made a very big impression on my life. Very shortly after I got back from doing all of what they call the, the Q course or the qualification school, uh, the Green Beret unit introduced me to rock climbing. And, um, okay. and, you know, you are going to recognize this character trait about me. Um, I, I'm like a crack addict, you know, it's not like I, I'm, I'm not like, eh, let's go do something just a little bit, you know, it's like, oh, oh, okay. We're going to be 110% in, you know, if that's possible, yes. <laughs> yeah, not always you know, right. in a positive way. And, uh, so, <laughs> you know, quickly rock climbing took over my life, um, to the point it became, I remember when I first started climbing, it was like painful not to be climbing. You know, I was like, I couldn't wait until the next time I could go out and climbing. I was just obsessed with it, you know, obsessed to the point that finally in, in, oh, bless my wife and my son. They, they were so kind to agree to, to uproot and let us move from North Carolina to Colorado in 1998. And uh, so my son was 10 years old. So that was a big deal for him, you know, to, to just rip him out of his world there in North Carolina you know, right as he was yeah. going to transition and, you know, come out of, you know, grade school and go into middle school and have to make all new friends and stuff, you know, so, um, mm -hmm. but uh, we've never really looked back, you know, and I don't think anybody has any regret, um, you know, we, we hate being so far away from family, but, uh, but, you know, for me personally, I, you know, it's just, I couldn't imagine it being anywhere else than here in Colorado, you know. And, and, you know, we just have an unlimited amount of climbing, you know, um, I had climbed all over the, you know, climbed pretty much all over the United States, not everywhere, but, you know, but, but it had been quite a few places and, and, uh, up into Canada, the Canadian Rockies had done quite a bit of Alpine climbing and gotten into some ice climbing and, uh, you know, 
really kind of went down a, a kind of a dark path for a little while of climbing without a rope. Um, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, that Alex Honnold kind of stuff, uh, you know, my wife and I went to go mm-hmm. see free solo, um, together. Yeah. And that was actually kind yep. of a painful movie to go see. Not, not from what you would think in that, you know, Oh, it's, it's scary. And absolutely. It's very serious. What Alex Honnold was doing, you know, what, what really was uncomfortable for me was the relationship he had with his girlfriend because that was so much in the way that the thing I, things have, have I've done things with my wife over the years and you know I've, I've kind of mm-hmm. not always been completely honest with her what I was out doing you know in the mountains <laughs> I would always tell her where I was going I was never one of these guys who's that guy that had to cut his own arm off um oh, I don't, you know what whoever he was I I, I, I can't remember yeah. but um that that was not me. I was not going to be, oh, I'm going to go away and not tell anybody where I'm at or anything. You know, I would always let them know sure. where I was going. I did not always discuss yeah. with them, hey, this was the goal that I had to go climb, you know, the next day, um, you know, without a rope, you know, in, in both, you know, an, an alpine environment and, and, and ice climbing, you know, and, and eventually that stuff catches up with you. You know, you look around and there's nobody who's climbing at a significant level without a rope that's still alive. That's been doing it for a long time Mm -hmm. with Alex Honnold still Mm -hmm. with us, you know, but how many people have died, you know? And so finally that just kind of came to me that, Hey, that's, you know, it's not really that, that thing to go do, you know, anymore. And, and just kind of, I don't know, started transitioning and just kind of running a little bit. And of course, you know, that uh, 10K led to, you know, let's do a half marathon to a marathon to, you know, a, uh, you know, going to do an ultra marathon. I, th- I think, you know, eventually I made the, the jump from doing a marathon to doing a, uh, a an Ironman. That's what it was. Because I was kind of following my brother-in-law. You know, my brother-in-law would call up from time to time and he'd be like, oh man, I just did like Ironman Arizona. And I'm like, well, I never done anything like that, you know. So we went, you know, tried an Iron Man. It was okay, you know. I found out it was basically, you know, a bunch of rich middle-aged guys having, you know, midlife crisis, as well right. who have substantial, <laughs> um, you know, disposable incomes. <laughs> that is basically what's that. going on with that sport. So, you yes. know, and yes. uh, so that didn't last too long. But that kind of got me into doing ultra marathons. The interesting thing was. Um, the, I think it was just a friend of mine who I had had for many years through both work and through doing some casual rock climbing. He told me, he said, Hey, you know, uh, you're getting into doing some, some of these ultra marathons. You ought to check out this thing called Nolan's 14, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I didn't make the connection to it at that time, but that was, I do remember him telling me that we were probably heading on our way to go rock climbing or something like that. And, um, and, 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 you know, just kind of stored it away or whatever, you know, and, and I want to, I want to say it was, it's probably the summer of 2011. I was, you know, mm-hmm. I, I thought I was going to do the Rocky mountain slam. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, oh, yeah. but I, did, I didn't get into hard rock in 2011. And so I couldn't do the slam, but I had hired a coach, you know, I thought oh, I'm going to get all coached up, you know? And so, but I was doing mm-hmm. like, you know, Bighorn and, and um, uh, Wasatch and the Bear, you know, just didn't get into to Hard Rock. So late that summer, oh, I know, I wonder, to this day, I can't remember. 
somehow I stumbled upon Eric Lee's video because he probably did Nolan's in 2009 or something. Do you, do you recall? Sorry, man. That? The phone just cut out a little bit. I didn't catch that last part. What was that? Oh, do you recall a video that Eric? Oh, yeah. Made? Yeah, I do. When he when he did, I don't remember when I stumbled onto that, but at some point, yeah, I stumbled YouTube. onto that thing, yep. you know. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. probably on YouTube. And you know, so summer of two thousand eleven, I started kind of scoping out the Nolan's mm -hmm. course, you know, crack, you know, get do, doing some training, you know, for Wasatch and, and the Bear. And uh, I'm I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think I gave it a real attempt that summer. I, I probably have to do some backwards math. I, I gave Nolan's one time a real lame attempt, and I made it from Chavano to or Blank Cabin to uh, Alpine, and, and I quit. But that was my first attempt, you know. And it was just going to be me and my wife. You know, she was going to crew me, and uh, I had scouted probably three quarters of the line. Okay with some significant gaps. Okay. You know, you know some of those oh, gaps, sure. man, that, that can be very relentless. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that, that first year I, you know, that was a very naive attempt and I didn't have, you know, my game plan on. And even if I had successfully gotten deep into it, there would have been some, some places that I would have been woefully unprepared for, <laughs> you know, navigationally wise. So what happened was um, another great fallacy of Nolan's is thinking you can come up with a great shortcut when you're standing on top of a oh, mountain. Of course. You know, you can see the valley. You're like, man, I can just take that way down there and that'll be a shortcut and I'll be down there in no time. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up taking one of the worst shortcuts of my life off the summit of Ontario. Uh. Um, coming down some thing to the to the northeast side that, that that eventually dumped me out into a campground. You know, it was so bad. I remember the gully was so bad that I eventually ran into some um, rappel anchors, and I thought, okay, this is bad. Yeah. You know, there was some water in the gully, so I thought, well, the rappel anchors may be from some ice climbing and stuff like that. You know, because the gully wasn't quite that bad yet. But I, I did end up having to do some down climbing on a rock mm -hmm. cliff. Not not too bad of a rock cliff, just maybe twenty or thirty okay. feet. You know, in my running shoes, trying to to get down at the very bottom of the um, the gully. The upper part of the gully was just, you know, just oh, it was. Uh, it went on forever. It was about an hour and a half of wandering through one of those talus zones where it's all loose rocks and tippy top blocks yeah. and, but but big enough to where they can start to shift and actually start to hurt you and stuff oh, you yeah. Know? yeah that's that's the kind of scary talus to me sometimes you know i've go oh god man i've got this this i know you were there because it was logan and i'm fairly sure he went and surfed on this rock that was about the side of a refrigerator one day when we were coming back down off the side of Albert, I think. Uh-huh. So, you know, so my first attempt was a very lame, naive attempt that ended, you know, in uh, Alpine, just, just after, after I just mentally just crushed myself coming down off of um, Antero, you know, Second attempt, uh, the next year, you know, I'd scouted everything pretty well, had a pretty solid plan, um, had, you know, the, you know, the one thing, oh, 
I, I, I know. Okay. So yeah, I've recruited a bunch of friends the second time. Okay. You know, Sheila Huss, and I, I don't know if you yep. know her. Sheila's, she's, she helped us out a lot, you know, with stuff going on in the background. You know, there were years she made a lot of food for us, you know, for the aid stations. Mm -hmm. There were times, you know, she came and paced me, you know, she was always her and her husband, John, mm -hmm. always contributed to stuff that was going on in the background, you know. So that second attempt, you know, Sheila Huss was going to come up and pace me for a good bit. And I think Will Carlton was going to come up and Steve Bremner, he came up, um, and uh, I know Shelby Berg. I don't know if you remember her. No, or not. I don't think so. Okay, the first couple of years, maybe two or three years, she came out. I think two years in a row, she did an aid station at, at North Cottonwood okay. Creek for okay. us. And so that that was just oh, that was just so nice, you know, to have a friendly face out in the woods. But but Shelby, that second year, I I, I went you know uh, south to north again. Although I, I took a much better route off of um, Antero, <laughs> you know, the, the way we would normally come down off of Antero yep. going, you know, going south north. Yeah. Yep. You know, you still got that, that nasty talus field you got to deal with. But, you know, you take the shortcut back down to the Jeep road and, you know, and then run it back down to Alpine. And, and, and but back in those days, I was climbing the southwest ridge because we did not know about Blake's fast scree gully. And, and also I did not know about the, uh, the um, cemetery okay. in Alpine okay. at that point either. So we were climbing up ground. Oh, no Gulch, kidding. Okay. Which that thing is just steep uh. and heinous, you know, and she, Shelby, Shelby, she met me there at, at the grouse Gulch trailhead and we started up grouse Gulch together, rainstorm, you know, mm -hmm. Steaming hot, you know, ninety, hundred percent humidity, just hot in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, the way Princeton just beats. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, on the afternoon of the first day, just get that Princeton beating. You yes. know, we got up the Southwest Ridge, and I don't know if you've done the Southwest Ridge, but it's decently technical. You know, I mean, yeah, low class three, you know, some class two stuff. People who are not comfortable on that kind of train, it tends to, you know. Um, it, it, it they find it challenging and and it, and it was a little challenging for Shelby and uh so we we got up to the summit fairly late and uh in those days I still you know one of the last things that I really felt like I was confident with and dialed with was Maxwell Gulch and uh the East Ridge of Princeton okay. you know that's such a riddle you know even Logan you know I'm not sure I think you spent some time trying to we all spent some time trying to figure out was there a better solution oh, yeah you know, no I've been, to the east I've been ridge. up and down so many crappy ways on princeton and i don't know that uh, i've ever yeah. found, successfully found maxwell gulch <laughs> <laughs> well i can tell you what me and shelby that night it because because shelby was so challenged coming up the shot the southwest bridge mm -hmm. you know it, it was fairly late when we were getting up to the summit and i was a little unnerved about how we were going to get down in the dark and, and, and unfortunately, I took Shelby down the worst possible, loosest, most nightmarish gully that you could go down on Princeton. You know, but I, I had a spot that year, right? You know, and I had gone on the Internet and said, hey, fellas, I'm going to go do Nolan's, you know, look at me. I, here's my here's my horn. Toot, 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 you know, just, you know, I, I'm saying that affectionately. That's what everybody does, you know, when you're following the trackers. And actually, I think that's pretty brave that they put that out there. And I love following it. I follow all of them. You know, everybody that, that does Nolan's, I, I follow them, you know. So I put my stuff out there, you know. 
people were making fun of me on the Nolan's page, you know, on Facebook, you know, because I think that was where it was because there was a lot of speculation. They were like, wow, look at him. Why is he taking that way down off of Princeton? That's got to be the worst possible <laughs> way. <you know? laughs> and it probably took me and Shelby a couple hours longer to get back down off of uh, Princeton than, than, it, than, you know, than, than what it normally does, you know. And I was embarrassed. I, I felt that, you know, Shelby's a dear friend, you know, I really like her. And it's, you know, one of those things, what do you, if you get somebody in over their mm-hmm. heads in the mountains, how much is your responsibility? You know, it's your responsibility. That's where it lies. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's not the person you're, you asked them to come help you out and, and then you took them into that train terrain. And so when I look back on Princeton on that second attempt, that's all mm-hmm. on me. You know, I should, I was way over enthusiastic in asking Shelby to come along. You know, Shelby was like, I'm not quite sure. And I was like, Oh, that you'll, you'll do great. You know me. I'm, I'm, I was really optimistic in telling everybody they're yeah. going to do great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we, eventually we rolled into um, uh, avalanche, you know, and it's late, you know, it's like 1130 at night. It's cold, you know, there's Shelby and, excuse me, there's um, Sheila, you know, and her husband and her daughter, Arena and, and Lisa, you know, they're, everybody's waiting on us. And, you know, I'm, um, I, I change clothes because it, it gets, you know, remember how cold it gets, you know, that time of night, you know, when you're coming to, you know, avalanche and stuff. And you know, so we started up Yale and we did the full East mm, Ridge, okay. which is not that smart Windy. either, you know. It wasn't that windy. It was a very okay, calm okay. night. But but we did the full East Ridge. In other words, we we went all the way up the Colorado Trail, all the way to the the gap or the crest in the ridge. Uh, and then we start. We did. We climbed what would be the the East Ridge of Yale. You know the the traditional yep. climbing route. And doing that at night is kind of like being on the face of Mars. Really is. You know? Yeah. You, you're, you know how it is. You're wandering around above tree, tree line, and you just don't have a powerful enough lighting system to be able to, to, to see far enough ahead to give you perspective, you know, well, on yeah, the terrain. And so it, it can become very yeah, disorienting, sure. you know. Yeah, so we, we, we made it. Um, we saw an animal that night that I'm, I've never quite figured out <laughs> what it was. It was white, and it kind of looked like a cat. You know, I, maybe I'm not... I do not know, but it was up by the summit and, and then it, it, it quickly ran away, but you know, both of us saw it and we're kind of like, what, what the heck is that? You know, we, we got up there. I don't know what time it was. You know, it might've been two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. It was late, you know, and then we descended, you know, down the um, avalanche gully. And uh, I, I think, you know, Come, going down the avalanche gully, going south and north can be kind of challenging sometimes because there's a, a, a couple of different gullies that you can find mm-hmm. yourself in. And there's a couple of them that are to the west that are kind of unpleasant because they're yes. very steep, even though even though everything is steep, you know. Um, but uh, so so we struggled a little bit making our descent uh, that morning down to Cottonwood Creek. And of course, naturally, we struggled through some of the deadfall, you know, there at Cottonwood yeah. Creek. And finally, we made our way over to um, probably over kind of where the bridge is. It was probably the, the, the junction of the Brown Lake Trail, I think, yeah. is, is what goes up the side of backside yep. of Yale. And uh, my son and daughter-in-law were waiting for us there. And uh, so that was the end of Shelby's 
journey. We got, excuse me, not Shelby's journey. That was the end of Sheila's journey. That was all she signed up for was to go over to Yale. And so I wanted to quit. I really did. And um, Sheila is my secret weapon, you know, because she just does not take no for an answer. (laughs) And she flat out just refused to let me quit. You know, I wanted to quit, but she wasn't going to have any of that, you know. So, well, I found myself departing <laughs> the aid station, heading up over Columbia, mm-hmm. uh, climbing it by the, the traditional route, the normal route, you know. Did the traverse. Um, I think I ended up taking a nap down in the basin, okay. you know, between Columbia and Yale because there was a pretty good thunderstorm going on. Columbia oh, and Harvard? I recall... Huh? Between Columbia and Harvard. Excuse me, Columbia and Harvard. Columbia and Harvard, yes. Um, as I recall, I was on the summit of Columbia, and you could see the storm coming in, and it was pretty pretty gnarly. And these people on the summit, they, they saw me taking off towards Harvard, and they were just begging me to turn around and come back down with them because, you know, they thought I was just the height of insanity to be <laughs> going towards the thunderstorm above Dreamline, you know. But, but I had – Steve Bremner was waiting for me over on uh, Oxford. Okay. And so I was feeling some pressure that I was having to go, you know, because I I was going to pick up another pacer, right? Mm -hmm. You know? And so, you know, um, so down I went, you know, they they even told me they'd give me a ride. And they said, wherever you want to go, we'll give you a ride. (laughs) It's not like that. So so I went down and I I took a nap down in the basin. I don't know if I ever showed you that big, huge rock that's down in the the French Creek Basin in between uh, Columbia and Harvard. I I would usually point it out every time we come by and say, hey, that's where I ended up taking that nap for about two hours. I remember being down Yeah, I remember us storm, you know. Yeah, later on, we never went over there and messed around because there wasn't any point to, you know, because by the time we were coming through there, you know, it was very businesslike and, you know, you knew exactly where you needed to go and fill up with water before you'd head back over to to Harvard or, you know, depending on whichever direction you were going. But, you know, so I I, I ended up, you know, struggling up and over Harvard, nothing of, of any great consequence. And then coming down, you're gonna you're gonna like this again. Coming back down off of Harvard, I decided I could take a, I, I could um, just freestyle wrap a shortcut down off of Harvard. Okay. Oh boy, I bet that's that, that's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I, I ended up a little too far to the west, and and you know where we always talk about Hans's one wet foot crossing or whatever you know there for Pine Creek. Uh-huh. Um, I tried to just plow my way through the willows, through uh-huh. the thickest part of the willows, and I found out that that just doesn't work. I mean, I had <laughs> I had mud up to my knees, and I had willows ten feet up above my head, you know, to where I couldn't see daylight anymore, and I was going to get lost in there. So you know. We ended up, or I ended up backtracking out and then found a way to, to, to get across and, you know, uh, ended up climbing up to the saddle between Belford and Oxford and uh, met Steve over on the, the summit of Oxford. That's that's significant because we didn't do that later. You know, we would climb directly up to the summit of Oxford, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, me and, you know, Steve and I, we climbed over to uh, Belford. I think we had to do all that stuff in the dark. Oh, yeah. Then we went down into Elk Basin, um, mm-hmm. and we were going to climb the normal trail on Missouri. And we had to. My son and daughter-in-law were going to come meet us again, and uh, bring you know do an aid station for me there. I, I was kind of naive; I didn't know how that was going to work or whatever, you know. And uh, so they 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 that was a struggle for them to get up there. Um, they never made it up, as a matter of fact. 
and we had radios and he called me at one time and he said, dad, dad, he said, there's a bunch of green eyes. I can see them over in the woods. What do I do? You know? <laughs> and I knew he had a gun, you know? So I was like, dude, just pull your gun out and, and just shoot a shot down in the ground or something like that. You'll scare him off, whatever. He has a deer. <laughs> he finally, he managed to, he, he, he didn't, he didn't do that. You know, was just kidding around with him. But uh, he, he, he made a little bit more progress up in there, but I ended up having to probably walk a mile or two back down into, um, into uh, Missouri Gulch to go meet him, you know, get my supplies and stuff. And so Stephen went back up and, and met up with Stephen. We went up and over uh, Missouri, you know, then came around uh, um, here, you know, the, the, the Cloacy Lake, you know, we descended down to Cloacy mm -hmm. Lake. All that stuff was normal stuff, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, after Cloacy Lake, of course, we got gloriously lost, you know, going through the woods okay. um, up to uh, Huron. Mm. and uh, made it up to treeline and we were so lost in the dark you know it was probably 3 30 4 o'clock in the morning by the time we got up to treeline is is my guess uh -huh. and so huh the second night yeah. yeah and so we had to sit down and stop and wait and day wait for daylight Ah. It, because remember, you know, people were upset about all those cairns that took you across that <laughs> yeah. that section of the rocks, you know. And that wasn't I didn't understand the way all that was fit together at that time, you know. And so subsequently we had to wait until daylight to where we could actually see some cairns and 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 make our way through that. And once once daylight, you know, shows up. But we we made it up to, you know, the summit of Huron by probably seven AM or so, eight AM. Got down to uh, uh, the the aid station there at Winfield and uh, picked up my buddy Will Carlton and uh, you know just decided to push it out over Yale. Excuse me, not Yale, uh, La Plata. La Plata. Yep. And uh, you know, uh, thankfully, you know, I was, I was really appreciative of of um, you know Will coming out there. That was uh, great for him, even though I wasn't going to make it all the way. You know, he, just, he came out and did it. And uh, we had a wonderful time going over La Plata together. And I think I got down to the La Plata trailhead at just right at 5 p.m., mm. right at 60 hours, you know, because, you know, it always started at 5 a.m., you know. So that was that was a big leap into knowing, OK, you could keep going, you know. So once I found, OK, that you could get that 12 peaks, you know, and I hope I didn't go into too much detail on what happened. No, no. You know, Perfect. That that built the basis, you know, for later on of knowing, OK, you could just keep going and just keep punching it out through that second night, you know, yeah. for I think what did I probably get like at least two or three 12 peak finishes, something like that, you know. Uh -huh. Wow. That, that's all I could. Finally, I had to get to the point. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go past 60 hours and finish it up, you know, because <laughs> I'm not going to get it done in 60 hours. You know, it just, yeah. for a variety of reasons, it always catches up with you. Either weather, you know, just, just stuff happens, you know. For sure. Just stuff yeah. happens, you know. It does. Okay. Uh -huh. yeah. So, um, you know, my, my hat's off to the, to the folks that really get out there and get that thing done. They are you know, the upper crust of the athletes. Um, I, you know, I'm no expert on this, but my guess is that people who can get this done are to give you some perspective are probably like sub 32 hour finishers at hard rock. Okay. So people who are going to be in the top 10 or so, you yeah. know, and yeah. if you look at that, that holds pretty true. 
Okay. Not everybody who's done hard rock, not everybody who's done Nolan's has done hard rock, but I know enough people who have done both to where you look at it and it's, you know, right about in that range, somewhere like that. And I, I've never been that fast, you know, and, uh, you know, my best hard rock finish is like a 38 hour and, and some change finish. Mm -hmm. And even then I had just, just crippling breathing problems, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but just, unfortunately everything else fit together that year, but you yeah. know, still suffered, you know, quite a bit. So not, not to, to, to take a sidetrack, but you know, but that, that, that going back to that first year or that second year, getting those 12 peaks done, you know, that really opened my eyes, you know, and then um, I want to say that same year that uh, Brandon, <clears throat> Brandon McKenzie, Gavin McKenzie, excuse me, Gavin McKenzie oh, yeah. did a, a north-south attempt. Mm -hmm. There's a video of that on YouTube as well. And he got like about nine done something. I can't remember how many. It, he, he didn't get it done that, whole, that year either. You know? Oh, okay. 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 So what really struck me was how selfish it was. I, I don't know if that's the correct term, but here me and Brand, me and Gavin had asked a multitude of people to come out and help us with each of us doing our own individual thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't, that just didn't sit right, you know? And I had really what, what another thing that struck me and made a big impression on me was the, the party atmosphere that Eric Lee's video seemed to impart. You know, there were some bonfire images, I think, from Cloacy Lake, you know, because one year, guess what? We had a bonfire, too. <laughs> Where yeah. do you think that came from? You know? yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, OK, what if we all got together and we teamed up? You know, and I thought people are interested. And I read, I reached out to Gavin over that, that winter. And I, I said, Hey, you know, I, you're interested in this. I'm interested in this. What about if we team up together and we help each other out so that it won't be such a burden on the folks who are coming out to help us make this, this happen. Right. Uh -huh. That's how, um, Treadstone happened. That's how project Treadstone started. That's exactly how Project Treadstone started, was that after that second year, you know, you got 12 peaks done, and looking at how much effort that I asked people to put forth for just something I was doing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I saw Gavin doing the same thing. So that, you know, at, once I coordinated with Gavin, you know, um, he said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So I kind of took the lead on it for whatever reason, just threw it out. On those days, we had a Nolan's 14 kind of a news group um, that it went out to, and then we were kind of doing some stuff on Facebook or whatever. We didn't really have a name for it. Um, you know, that, that came later. Um, but uh, so the, what the, the thing that surprised me the first year that we, that we tried to put this together to do a group effort on doing um, uh, Nolan's 14, and, and, I, and I think the practice sessions just kind of, hmm, I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. That may have been secondary. But anyway, people came, literally came out of the woodwork. It really? shocked me. Yeah. And I probably had 60 people that signed up. Later on, I, it made sense. But I probably had 60 people that signed up that said they were either interested or they were going to come out and help. <laughs> 
you know, the thing, the, the thing that always shocked me so much was the people who volunteered to come out and help were the really genuine people. And there was a legion of very flaky people who said they had intended to want to come run the thing, bet, yeah. do the, try the thing. That, that yeah, man, I'm coming out, and then you never see them. Right. <laughs> you might see them once and never see them again. Yep, yep. However, you know the the people who volunteered that just that floored me. You know mm-hmm. that, and they weren't people that I knew, and they weren't people that Gavin knew. Oh, wow. And that really shocked me. They were people who were interested enough in what was going on with Nolan's that just wanted to be a part of it. Wow, that's cool. That was how folks like Chris Grove got involved. Mm. Well, Chris, I had known her locally through through uh, uh, Team Crud, you know, Coloradans running ultra distances and some stuff here in the Springs. But um, also, um, uh, oh, oh, my goodness, uh, Katie Shields. No, it'll come to me in a moment. Cause she, oh gosh, she was so nice. She helped us. Oh, Hall, Katie Hall. Okay. That helped us out. Am I, am I saying that right? Oh, I'm sitting here talking. I'll take. I'll I'll look that up because I don't want to get on get that on the podcast and blow it. But I'm one of the <laughs> world's worst people, you know, for remembering what all the names are and you know all that good good stuff. Oh, you're good. You know, yeah. So anyway, um, so, huh, is it Kathy? Maybe I don't know. I'll... I remember you bringing out Sheila, and I thought it was yeah. I thought it was Katie Shields or something like that. I thought that's what her name was. But well, Katie Caitlin. Okay. Oh, came out and did a bunch of hikes with us and everything. Okay, you're talking about somebody else. Yeah, this was one of the the folks. God, I'm gonna feel terrible now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, all right. I'll have to own that one later on. You'll think I'm of sorry. it as soon as we hang up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a senior moment, but man, she's been <laughs> such a blessing to us over the years, and 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 of course, uh, Julia. Wharton, you know, there were a bunch of folks that, that just came out. I'm, I'm, you know, that, that said they were going to help us out, you know, and there were a lot of the hard rock community and stuff like that. And so that, that really kind of shocked me. And, and I think through putting together the correspondence of that stuff and that first year that we did, you know, the Treadstone thing, um, that that's probably where the, the practice sessions came from, you know, mm-hmm. And because uh, those those really they, those helped me out. And, um, you know, that's that's actually kind of a shallow thing to say. When I think back on the amount of friendship and fellowship that that generated and the amount of fun that we had on those times, you know, doing Nolan's itself is not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> but hanging out with each each other each weekend, you know, it, and it's almost kind of like an accountability group, you know, yeah. that, hey, yeah. you know, we're going to. We're going to go through this together you mm-hmm. Know, mm-hmm. and meet at these crazy times, man, and, and put forth this effort, you know, to go chew away at these different pieces of the Nolan's course, you know, to suss out the navigation and, and uh, put it all together. And those are the times I look back on, you know, with just so much affection. Yeah, same here. So, so we kind of put that together from the get-go on that first, uh, that, 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 that first year that we did it. You know, when we ended up finally pulling the trigger on Nolan's, I we went north-south. So that would be my third official attempt. We went north-south. 
And uh, I don't know if you knew Jason Halliday. He came all the way up from Alamosa. Yep, yep, for um, sure. To help us out or, or to, to actually run that year. And so Tommy Stockton and, you know, I, I think Blake, um, he came out. And uh, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Clark, his wife, um, Blake Wood, you know, so we would just, um, we, you know, it just there again, it just amazed me the amount of folks who were out there helping us out with this thing, yeah, yeah. you know, and of course, um, uh, oh, I, th I think also that year, uh, gosh, Bill Losey and, um, oh gosh, I'm going to have another senior moment here, my <laughs> friend, he's a, He's a five-time finisher of Hard Rock. He's been struck by lightning twice. His name is Sparky. What the Bob? Is it more? I can't remember. Anyway, so anyway, Bob, um, he was the one. We, what had happened was we were doing these meetups, right? You know, at these really insane times. But 14er parking lots are pretty, pretty crowded at some very crazy times of the night. You know, mm -hmm. for example, if you go to Missouri Gulch Trailhead. You can be wandering around in a crowd of thirty or forty people at three o'clock in the morning, right? For sure, yeah. You know, which is kind of strange. So, you know, we were joking around. Well, how you know because there were so many people who were new to the group, you know, that first year. That how are we going to know we were supposed to be there, right? Okay. And so Bob was the one that came up with, hey, let's, we could just run around through the parking lot saying we were uh, a Project Treadstone. And, and of course, that totally came from the, the Jason Bourne thing. You know? oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's what that, all that was, was, okay. you know, hey, you know, this is, this is nuts. There's so many people here in the parking lot. How are we going to recognize <laughs> each other? You know, okay, we could come up with that. So awesome. that's, that's really where the name came from for, for like Project it. Treadstone, you know. So, but, you know, going back again to that, that, um, the, the, you know, because, well, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up with my, my story that real quickly of that second year, I won't do the blow by blow for each peak for certain. Um, I didn't, I, I think I finally, I gave up, um, Pine Creek that year. Steve Bremner had come to do an aid station and he had volunteered to hike in to do Pine Creek. That's a tough place which, to quit. That yeah, well, because you still got a ten mile walk of shame to exactly. get back out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I I walked out with um with uh, uh Steve, you know, so at least I had some company, you know, and yeah. he had his his car down there and everything. So we started, you know, driving back towards. Uh, I guess we were going to go up to um, Cottonwood Creek because we knew that that might be the next aid station that we could meet folks at. And that's where Blakewood and Rebecca were supposed to be. And uh, so I got seven peaks done that, that third year. And uh, I think Jason, he made it to Cottonwood Creek, started heading up uh, Yale. And I think he got stormed off the summit of Yale and just turned mm -hmm. around and came back down. Okay. So that um you know would be pretty heartbreaking <laughs> as yeah, well too definitely. so uh-huh and then uh uh let's see so the only folks who really made it that you know that, that did it that year were brandon and gavin okay and they they came in somewhere around i can't remember exactly what it was 58 hours or so something I, I can't remember exactly that was a video yeah. i was referring to their north to south attempts that year. I think okay. 2014 or something. Okay. That was a funny thing. Sheila, bless her heart, had cooked food for every aid station that year. Wow. 
And so we had a motel room down in Buena Vista stuffed full of coolers, <laughs> full of food, because she, she she made fancy stuff. She made, you know, full course meals, you know, <laughs> and and each aid station was going to have a theme. You know, she went all out. Wow. So we, we were trying to manage storing all this stuff. Sheila wasn't up there, of course. You know, me and Lisa had to figure all this stuff out. But poor Lisa had to figure all this stuff out. <laughs> but anyway, so we uh, we 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 knew you know, Gavin and Brandon were going to finish. So we ended up taking a huge picnic and setting it up for them down at uh blank cabin. That oh, year. Cool. Very cool. You know, when they, when they got finished up. So that, that was, that was quite a bit of fun. Um, that was where I met Tina Lewis and kind of started, you know, uh, talking to her and everything. Cause I think she paced part of that perhaps. I can't remember. Oh, I want to say Anna Frost was yeah, there that year Anna too. There too. Yeah. Anna Frost um, was running that. So, Will Carlton, he was also running that year. So Will and I and Anna spent quite a, you know, a bit of time together between Massive and uh, Albert, I want to say. That that was where I first met Anna and had enough, to, you know, had, had an hour or two of just FaceTime with Anna right there out on the trail, you know, and nobody else. So, so after that, I always got to say hello to Anna, and, you know, she'd kind of know where we were. And then after the, uh, the, uh, that Gavin and Brandon got their, their, their finish done, we all went out to dinner that night in Leadville and uh, ate at one of the pizza places in Leadville. Myself, Lisa, Anna, um, Brandon McKenzie, and, or Gavin McKenzie and, and, uh, Brandon Stepanovich and uh, I think Gavin at the t well oh there was another rule that I can't remember right now but that's not going to matter too much but so that that was really the the third year and that was the first year that the treadstone got rolling okay and so each year was kind of a refinement on that um, as to you know the aid stations got a little nicer you know mm -hmm. there were some um, amazing times you know of the groups that i would come down into especially winfield and uh um, avalanche aid mm -hmm. stations mm -hmm. you know the the amount of effort that uh, oh, yeah. some folks had, had, had put together on those things yeah uh -huh, uh -huh. food and bonfires mm -hmm. and everything. yeah and lights you know and i was mm -hmm. like oh, i wish i could hang out <laughs> know. you're out there yeah you just want to stop and, and hang out with everybody uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, doesn't always work that way, but you know. Well, it's funny because everyone who's hanging out waiting for the runners wish that they were out there, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly, exactly. So then that was the year I met you, I think 2015, um, when you guys had set up Project Redstone. And you know, I, I it must be, I'm sitting here looking at a picture right now of us starting in the parking lot at 5 a.m. on September 4th, 2015. Uh, Liberty. Will Carlton, Logan, yourself, uh, myself, uh, John Sharp, John Sharp, and, uh, Jason Halliday. And, Halliday. Yep. and uh, you know, Gavin and Brandon, they kind of took off separate from us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, I don't know if you remember, but they smoked us going up massive. <laughs> No, no, I think you're getting the years mixed up. That because am I? Yeah, because that was 2014. I never met those guys. Oh, that was 2014. Okay, yeah. this was 2015. We were going south to north, right? We were going because we started at we Blank Cabin. South? I get confused. I, yeah, I guess so. I'm yeah. pretty sure. 
Looking at this picture of us in the parking lot, I, I guess I can't. Yeah, sorry. I get, no, I get mixed up on that. <laughs> I know you've been out there so many years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that um, was – those were those were quite a few good years, you know. Oh, when, sure, when you think about it, we did that kind summer. of from two. I think we messed. I messed around with it some in 2011. 2012 was probably the first attempt. 2013 was my second attempt that I got 12 done. 2014 would have been when Brad, uh, Gavin, and Brandon got it done. 2015 we got, yeah, Logan and I got 12 peaks, 12 peaks. going, uh, yeah, south north That's again. Nice. Yep. And then, uh, okay, that was uh, 2016. Then we went north to south. That's the year I did it, wasn't it? 2016 was the year I got it done, wasn't it? Um, no, I, I didn't think you got it done till 18. No, 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 no. I can assure you that. Okay. Uh, 16 was the year I got it done, yeah. Was it? Okay. Yeah, so that next year, yeah. Okay. okay. And then yeah. that the following year, 2017, was the last year we did it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And so. so tell me about when you finished. I know you, you the last I knew you officially held the SKT on Nolan's 14. Is that <laughs> well, my, uh, my affectionate uh, title would be the oldest and slowest uh, finisher. <laughs> Regardless, you have to combine. You have to combine the two. You know. <laughs> Regardless, it was an amazing. Feat. You know, for for single push style. You know, uh, we got. You know, there there were some things that happened on that 2016 effort that you know just you you know you never know what you're going to get. You know, coming yeah. over Princeton. Yeah. You know, we when when we were on Yale looking over Princeton, we could see just a little bit of the slightest bit of a thunderstorm coming over the top of Princeton. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, that turned to ice, you know. And so the, you know, upper parts of that ridge just turned into just this cr the craziest nightmare of slick rock, you know. Mm, yep, yep. And I lost so much time, you know, just having to go so slow over the summit of Princeton, you know, and was kind of defeated, you know, coming down into Alpine. Yep. But you know what? I'm smart. I had my secret weapon waiting on me in Alpine. Yeah, you were, us. <laughs> you were so you were by yourself going over Princeton, if I remember right. I was right, right. And, and I, I, I told Sheila. I knew Sheila was waiting for me down in Alpine. She was so I already had my conversation with Sheila before I got to Alpine. In other words, I told Sheila. I said I talked to you about this on the while I was out on the trail by myself, and I already know what your answer <laughs> is. No, I'm not going to let you quit. <laughs> well, I remember you sitting down at Alpine and saying. Well, I wasn't really planning on going much further, and everyone's like, oh, you're going to finish it no matter how long it takes. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. So uh -huh. yeah. I'm so happy she bought, you know, volunteered to do that. You know, it's just, uh, Boy, you know, I don't know, that, that windstorm that we got going over Tabawash, you know, if we had um, gone up from Browns Lake, I don't know if that would have changed anything we timed out you know I, I only got to the summit of antero at like 5 p.m you know so the, mm -hmm. there wasn't any way i was gonna you yeah. know finish you know under 60 hours you know so yeah. i, I yeah. never you know came close to, to doing 60 hours um but uh you know boy that windstorm we had going over tabawash that that last night really set us back quite a bit you know and it was more just becoming 
just kind of disor- disoriented and lost, you know, coming in, you know, from a north-south direction trying to find the summit. It makes plenty of sense in the daytime when you're trying to uh, um, navigate, you know, you can see. And at night, you know, we still had our, you know, DeLorme, but it was so cold and so windy. I mean, almost knock, knock you off your feet, windy, that to, you know, take the gloves off and, and work, you know, with the electronic devices and get the reading glasses on and try and really <laughs> focus on, you know, <laughs> piecing together the navigation was a big challenge. Wow. So, now, I but, heard a uh, rumor, and I don't know how true this was, but they, and so this is the third night that you were out there, right? By yeah, the time uh-huh, yeah, I was out there three nights, yeah. And you were, somebody said that you were almost blind at that point. Okay, we got to the summit of Chavano, and really, I started, my my vision started kind of graying out a little bit, you okay. know, so I, I really was having a little bit of, of uh, uh, seeing sight problems, and the funny thing was, I asked Sheila, would she, you know, be able to show us the way uh, down off of Chavano, and Sheila you know, is pro I, I, everything I, I say about my friends, I say very affectionately. And, you know, I, I, I think she would agree with this, that she is one of the world's worst navigators. <laughs> and she just flat out told me, I don't know the way I'll summit. <laughs> not, not with any sympathy at all. Not like I'll try and help. I'm going to make this, make this work. You know, she said, you're on your own. <laughs> Even though she'd been up there, you know, you know she'd been up there. <laughs> In the daytime. We, we made it. We made it work. I knew enough about the layout of the land that I kind of, you know, was able to stumble on it and stuff. And so we kind of, you know, found the trail and we're working our way down and it was still windy, you know, just crazy windy. And we're able to get down to uh, Treeline after a while. And, and another angel, uh, John Denise, you know, appeared. Yep, yep. And, and he had brought up a, uh, an Eddie Line pumpkin spice ale. <laughs> and uh, that thing was like the elixir of life. I mean, I or at least it brought my vision back. I could see oh, <laughs> once again. <laughs> so, wow. It didn't improve my speed at all. But <laughs> <laughs> that 14th peak. That's, that's right. That's right. It got us back down to the, uh, you know, to the parking lot, uh, to wow. the trailhead. Wow. I'll tell you what. Um, the hallucinations after you know 70 you know when you're approaching that 72 hour range get to be something else too i'm sure i was quite entertaining to uh, <laughs> sheila and john as we were coming down off of um uh, chavano because i was pointing out things that i could see you know which obviously were not there <laughs> to, to their great delight so so like snakes on the trail like what, what no man i mean like i could this is not going to make any sense, man, but I could see a dance hall in the distance and I could, I could see people inside dancing around inside the dance hall. It was like an old Western kind of dance hall. You know, people were kind of, you know, like some, I don't know, some square dance. I don't know what they are having a hoedown or something in there. I have no (laughs) idea. (laughs) Guys, I can see that across the valley there. Of course, there was nothing like that there at all. (laughs) <laughs> Who knows? It was some kind of lights or something like that, you know, that were probably twinkling off of something and just, you know, how dried out my eyes were and how tired, you know, state of exhaustion tends to, you know, start to, to mess with you on that. I, I had that, you know, back in the days when I was going through my special forces training, 
there were some times that they kept us up for extended periods of time. And sleep deprivation is one of the most powerful hallucinogenic drugs <laughs> that you can come up with. I mean, the CIA used it for torture, you know, on Al-Qaeda. So, sure, you know, yeah. Yeah, we if we get to torture ourselves a little bit of sleep deprivation. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, unreal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. So, but, um, do Do you think that that do you think you did any permanent damage while you were out there for seventy two hours? I mean, you talked about having some pelvis problems and stuff. Now, no, no, I don't know. I think all that stuff was just accumulative, you know, accumulative. more lifestyle stuff. But probably, if if I had one thing that has kind of stuck with me since 2016 is the outside of my left foot is not real happy. You know, it's mm. a soft tissue thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to see, you know, the, the podiatrist many times and they're, and they're like, ah, you know, x-rays look fine or whatever. And I'm like, well, why does my foot hurt so bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so mm-hmm. basically, you know, they're like, well, there's nothing, nothing sticking out of it and there's nothing spurting out of it. So you're probably okay. But at the same time, you know, my, you know, my, left foot still you know the outside is definitely kind of really really sore you know that's been kind of coming and going you know and my my breathing issues at hard rock you know i did hard rock two more times after um uh, 2016 you know when i finished nolan's and uh you know the breathing issues just they never got any better and never could Mm -hmm. figure anything out and so you know finally it was just like it you know it the with the breathing issues i was having um I, I don't think there was any way I was going to ever figure out a way to do it less than 60 hours, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's yeah. other things to do. I'm sure my, I'm sure my wife's glad <laughs> that I've gotten over that obsession. Uh, well, Lisa was definitely our patron saint of, of Nolan's 14. Oh yeah. Attempts yeah, at weekend scouting. And yeah, she was, well, she made it all happen. You know, we'd have never been able to do all those point to point things, you know, if somebody nope. hadn't been there to, to pick us up, you know, and definitely. Yeah. All the car shuttles for us, you know? Yep. Yep. We had so many weekends where we would just meet up at three or four in the morning in the dark and Lisa would shuttle us over three or four peaks down and then we'd set yep. off the day trying to make mm-hmm. it back to cars. Yeah, there's yeah. some good memories there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and and some bittersweet memories too in that, um, you know, personally, I've never done as good of a job keeping up with people, you know, as what I should. But, you know, it, you know, especially with, with you and Logan, man, you know, we've shared a lot of really funny, special, hilarious, and some – some heartbreak together too, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, I was just thinking yeah. about today. I was remembering uh, us sleeping under, uh, what was it? Winfield. We, there was oh, a somebody's of, porch. Yeah, yeah like some, some random person's porch and there's a rainstorm and we're like, well, we're just going to sleep here. Wait till the rainstorm goes away. And then, you know, I was just thinking about this other time today. Uh, I think that we were all going to meet at uh, Fish Hatchery one morning at about four in the morning. And Logan and I drove separate. And uh, I don't know if you remember, that was the summer that he kept hitting deer with his car. 
Oh, I, yeah, I totally remember that because each <laughs> each weekend there'd be a, a one one more piece of his car would be missing. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was there was one morning where we we're waiting for him and we we're about to take off. We we're like, "Where's Logan? Is he gonna if he doesn't come yeah. in five minutes, we're gonna take off." And then all of a sudden, yeah. oh, a car comes pulling in real slow with one headlight and a piece mm -hmm. down, sparking. And sure enough, it's Logan, and he screamed out the window, "I hit another deer!" No oh, God, yeah, I know. It was like I couldn't believe his his misfortune. <laughs> oh <my> gosh! <laughs> oh no, but we have a yeah. good times out there for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I really, you know, wanted to go back and find that picture I took of you and Logan at the uh, Golden Fleece Mine. You know, standing on the railroad tracks. Oh yeah, I've got that picture. Looking over at La Plata, and I can't find that thing this evening. I was that, that's why I'm sitting here looking at the uh, starting picture of, of when we uh, started out at Chavano. Oh yeah. But definitely that one picture of, of you and Logan uh, standing there on the railroad tracks. You know. The Golden Fleece Mine is one of the one of the images, the, the most iconic image that just kind of stands out in my mind. Yeah, I've got it. I'll have to send it to you. It's it's a great picture and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Representative of a great yeah. summer. We had uh, yeah, we had a lot of good times out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's and right. I know Logan really liked you and really respected you and looked up to you. And I know that he had a lot of fun out there with you guys too. So, oh, um, oh yeah. You know, I'm so glad we got a chance to to see each other that last yeah. time you yeah know, when he came out for, for the attempt that we tried in uh 2017 you know yeah. which which also had some hilarity is is a typical logan hilarity he showed up you know hadn't seen him in 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 quite some time and he had his van with him okay and i guess i guess he was living out of the van yeah. at the time yeah, for sure and so we we kind of tricked the people at the hotel into letting Van or, or um, uh, Logan park his van in one of the vacant parking lots. Okay. <laughs> and Logan had a pretty good oil leak on that van. <laughs> of course. And that was really eating at those people that owned that hotel because they could see that van parked there just dripping oil all over uh... their concrete. <laughs> and Lisa said they kept trying to get cardboard and shoving it up under the van. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, but you know, that that the um, that that last year, 2017, I gave up there again at uh, Cottonwood Creek. And uh, after getting Yale done, you know, I just called I, I I told Lisa on the Delorme I was done, you know, just I just wasn't into it, you know, would she come get me and we'd hang out and have a good time. You know, we went back down and took a, a nap at the uh, motel room, and I checked in on Logan's tracker, and uh, I could see he had also headed back down towards uh, Cottonwood Creek. And so oh. I got, you know, from, from Buena Vista, I got back in my truck, and I drove back up to North Cottonwood Creek uh, Trailhead. Mm -hmm. And there was Logan stretched out, you know, in the dirt, you know, with his head propped up on a rock, just taking a nap. <laughs> like like typical logan didn't have a care in the world you know because i can remember man that first year that boy didn't have no shoes <laughs> right. remember remember his his toes and stuff was wiggling out of holes in his shoes <laughs> <laughs> yes well and, and he didn't have a shirt and stuff oh, of course he never did well the year that you guys did the 12 peaks remember he went up the 12 12 peak without pants on yeah i believe so <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I don't know what the reason was behind that, but you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's just a character. So that was so good that we got a chance. That's that's the last time that I saw him. Yeah, you know, yeah. pretty much, you know, but, uh, man. Yeah. Well, just, like, one more Logan story. You remember all the dog drama that we had out there with him and his dog? Oh, with Star. Yeah, with Star. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, one time. Uh, you know, he left Star in the car and then some lady called the cops and said that, you know, made up some story about how someone had gone out to kill him. They committed suicide. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh-huh. And like left the dog in the car. And so that was a bunch of drama. We had to go to the Humane Society to get Star back. And then the next weekend, you know, he thought he'd be smart and set up a tent for Star and then tie her up. And then Star somehow, you know, got away from the leash and then was wandering around all over the place. I mean, it was just every single weekend. There was a story with that kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. That was Logan. Yeah. That's why we love you know, him. But as, as far as, as uh, dogs go though, you know, my, my favorite memories are from rocks. Oh yeah. Roxy did the majority mm-hmm. of moments in, in different pieces over that summer. I know. Well, I, you know, I always tell people about how, you know, that uh, we would be on the side of a mountain that was insanely loose and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out some shortcut, you know, and surfing through talus that's, you know, just much bigger than anything, you know, we really want to be on this moving and stuff. And you're over there, you know, yelling for the dog and you're going, rocks, rocks. <laughs> and of course, you know, we're on the side of a mountain made out of rocks. So everybody's looking around. Yeah. They think there's an apple. I always love that. And then that, that you know, the, the, the one thing I always tell people too, and um, genuinely it's a, a, a miraculous thing that, that rocks, you know, is it, 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 she's still with us? I, I take it. No, she just passed she away. Uh, yeah, late last year. I I, I kind of thought maybe that was the case because I saw where you just gotten a new dog recently. Yeah, I got a new puppy, and it's yeah, yeah it's just like yeah. a little Roxy is what this this yeah. new name is yeah. girl. But yeah, yeah. But, but, gosh, my favorite memory is I think it was we got to the top of Alberta, we got somewhere. And rocks just ran right up and grabbed a sandwich out of a poor fellow's <laughs> hand and just gobbled his sandwich down right in front of him. That was on yeah. Albert. Yeah. <laughs> I have had to apologize on Roxy's behalf a few different times for that. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So that 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 that, that actually is one of my favorite memories. Uh, watching her steal that guy's sandwich right out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, the sad thing is, even for as long as we've been talking now, there's still so many stories. So oh, many we could go times. on. Yeah, we could. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the thing I look back on, though, that, that I got out of this more than anything else was the, the friendships, the, the, yeah. the fellowship, the everybody I got a chance to meet, you know, and, and uh, certainly you guys, you know, had a, had a big effect on, on Lisa and, and, and especially my life as well, too. You know? Good. And, I, and I look back on all this as, as one of my favorite times. You know? For sure. Yeah, those were some of my best summers. Uh, we had a blast mm-hmm. coming out there and meeting you guys. And yeah, if it wasn't for your generosity and just reaching out and, and looking for people who could possibly be interested in giving this thing a shot, you know, I, I remember signing up and, and telling Logan about it. Yeah, there's this guy who says he knows the route. We're going to go out and check it out. And uh, Yeah, it ended up being some of the yeah. best summers ever. Heck yeah, man. A lot yeah. of hilarity. So. For sure. 
Cool, man. Well, awesome talking with you, Julian, man. I really appreciate it. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking this time to take a stroll down memory lane. Of course, man. It's I loved it. It's a blast. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we have some great memories, and I'm sure we could we could probably make a part two and three and four someday down the road. But uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's really interesting seeing where things are headed because even right now, there's somebody out trying no ones. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, John Sharp's thinking about coming out and doing it this year. I don't know if you talked to him recently. I have. He, you know, last, he, he actually reached out to me and asked me if I would pace him over Yale. Okay. And, you know, of course I, I told him I'd be happy to, and, 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 and my intentions were to actually go over that whole section with him, you know? Mm. Um, but he, and then he reached back out to me and, and I'm not sure if, you know, he said that basically he was going to stay away from Colorado for another year. Okay. This was before COVID, so it it it's probably some some leftovers from him still. You know, I I, I have no idea of of what John's personal business is, and 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 I love both Gina and John, mm-hmm. and I have so many mon- wonderful memories of both of them hanging out. You know, when yeah. we were doing yeah. Nolans. Well, yeah. And um, yeah. so he told me he just his his comfort level with coming to Colorado is is, is just still a little too tender for him. I get it to, to put it that okay. way yeah well, mm-hmm. yeah well if he does come out we'll have to go out there and uh, make some new memories this summer for sure oh absolutely yeah i told him you're welcome to stay here at the house <laughs> so. very cool yeah yeah, yeah absolutely uh, well julian i won't keep you much longer man i really appreciate yeah. your time and uh all the memories and yeah like i said i'm sure we could go on and on and i'm sure you could talk about hard rock all day and uh maybe we'll get to that another day yeah, or, or, you know, I'd love to catch up with you some more on uh, other things that have been going on since, you know, with our, the Nolan's days have kind of passed by, you know. For sure, absolutely. Love there's, to. There's a lot of lot of other things going on in this state. And, by the way, if you want to get out and mountain bike sometime. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> All righty. All right. Sure. Well, thanks a lot, man. Your okay. inspiration, and I sure appreciate you, man. You got it. Thanks so much, Adam. All right.